Hi, I'm Ann DeLisi. And I'm Chef James Regato. And in this episode of Essential Cooking, James and I talk with Brennan Kalnan, owner of Satellite Food Truck. He's also responsible for opening a couple of notable restaurants in the region, Imperial and Townhouse. Brennan spoke with us about the pros and cons of having a food truck, which he learned firsthand after launching his own food truck, Satellite. We also talk about how supply chain disruptions are affecting restaurants and the growing popularity of vegan food. You've been in this area for a while now. Um, And what has changed in the last few years, would you say, that you've noticed the biggest changes in in the culinary landscape in Metro Detroit? I moved to the Metro Detroit to open up Imperial. So the first three years in Metro Detroit were spent primarily in Ferndale. Right. But having having opened up a couple things downtown, um, I mean, man, the amount of restaurants that have opened up, it's trying to keep track of them now. Uh, it's difficult. And there's so many, I would say that the talent level in Detroit is really elevated as well. Um, everything from from chefs to sommeliers to bartenders, I mean, the, the craft cocktail scene um, kind of an overused word, but I mean, it's, it's blown, blown up. So just the sheer amount of talent and, uh, like the landscape has changed quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Every neighborhood has a number of places to go to now, whereas it used to be, you go strictly downtown or you go to Corktown or you go, you know. So after Imperial, you, and what was your, remind me of your first, was it, was it? I took over a public house that's after right. it opened and then I left and I went into townhouse, townhouse that's which right. was an experience. Yeah, so so Brennan opened Townhouse downtown Detroit, um, an incredibly ambitious dining room size. It's so much bigger than yeah. what you were. At it was. It, well, it was <laughs> I mean, it was it was an experience to say the least. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, he's an ambitious guy, and you know, I think that I think that uh, especially for the first concept down in Detroit, that was a that was a big project, mm-hmm. and that was a heavy lift. What uh, What are the the downsides to having a food truck opposed to a restaurant? And the upsides to having a food truck opposed to a restaurant. Well, let's talk about the 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 upsides first. I think are you get flexibility like like never before. I mean, if Dream Cruise is going on and your restaurant is on Woodward, you just pick up and move your restaurant. You know, you move your food truck a couple blocks yeah. away to where it's going to work. Um, you can chase if you want to. You can chase money in a food truck. I mean, you can do all the festivals. You can. You can be really, if you can work as hard as you want, if you want to be open seven days a week, you, know, you, you can do that. Drawbacks. There are, wow, there are a lot of drawbacks. I mean, like, let's be, let's be honest. Like you have, uh, you have a little box that's running your hood system, your refrigerators, everything. If that decides, if one thing goes down, you're kind of done for the day. You know, like in a, in a restaurant, your hot water heater goes out for a couple hours. You can boil some water to do dishes, you know. If our generators stop working, there's no service. There, there it, it doesn't happen. If our hood vents go down, there's no uh, there's no quick fix. Our truck is 150 degrees. You just fall over. You know, we we also I would say the biggest we only have so much money because our margin is that much tighter. So like if something big is to happen, it's really uh, it would be really detrimental to us. Mm-hmm. But I think we've found for us, um, and the first couple of weeks as any business, you experience. Every little thing that can go wrong. I mean, our first <laughs> event, the, the generators weren't working. Our, you know, next thing, this. It was just every day. And at first, I was pulling my hair out. I'm like, I did not know it was going to be like this. Our fryers wouldn't start. You know, once you once you figure out your equipment and get over the hump, um, the ability to just pivot your business has been so fun for us. Uh, being creative with our, you know, when your margins are tight, it's you got to get creative with your food costs. And 
um, being a chef, I'm the, I'm the chef of the group. It's been really great in being creative and saving money. It's really rewarding when you, when you, when you make money, but when you make it with just three people, it's, you know, um, talk about your menu. Okay. Our menu. I mean, we do, so satellite, the name of our business, we, we like to joke that we serve the food of planet earth because we've got this, <laughs> we've, we, we have a really kind of eclectic menu. It's all over the place. Um, we do some vegan stuff. Oh, nice. uh, we do like a vegan banh mi. We do a vegan cheesesteak. Uh, we make the cashew cheese. We make the seitan. We do everything from scratch that we can. Uh, outside the bread, we, we use crispellis, but we make our own bacon uh, for our party potatoes, which are like this fried potato, salt-baked potatoes with a queso that we make. We smoke the poblanos that go in there and oh my bacon gosh. firikaki. But then we have, uh, we got a burger. Uh, our flagship sandwich, so the thing I'd probably talk about the most is our piri-piri chicken, which is... Um, it's been really interesting to, to research. We started doing a lot of research last year about all this, but Piri Piri Chicken is such a unique, it's really big in Canada, Montreal. Um, and it, Piri Piri is a very small chili pepper. Um, and the marinade, we bought about f- probably 10 of them and every one tastes different. So it's a really bright marinade. It's really popular in North Africa, but it's, we do ours with preserved lemon and Piri Piri chilies and then grilled peppers and grilled onions. And so you get this chicken that is spicy, um, and then there's a really bright lemony flavor that gets fried potatoes and then a cabbage salad that we do chimichurri with. So it's this, James had the chicken sandwich a couple of times. It's just a, it's a it's flavor fantastic. bomb. You know, I think it's also, uh, it's like two meals. I mean, it's, it's a monster. <laughs> it's big. Yeah. And I think, I mean, obviously, you know, food truck dudes, I think you guys are, you know, you're doing the right thing, like selling a monster sandwich. Yeah. But I mean, that thing is like, it's so massive. I, I, I and I mean, I can, I can obviously eat Well, it's, lot, it's but. the thing that we try, the thing that's difficult with a food truck, right, is that you you want to give perceived value, but you also don't want to like cheapen the experience by not giving, you know, well, by you just also, buying a, 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 you know, a product you're not proud of. So well, like, you also don't want, I mean, you also don't want to like undersell and be like, I can only eat the chicken and I, you know, good, your, your food's so delicious. I usually over order and then take it home. I appreciate, it, appreciate it all day. Yeah. You know, but for real, but I mean like that's a, if you're look, if you are, that is a, this, if you're a price conscious person or if you're looking for like, you know, a value. Yeah. Then I mean that sandwich to me is I mean I think it's I tell I mean, a lot of people too. when they come up and they're like hey what can I get you know what are a couple of things I want to eat now and then I want to eat something later I'm like well peri peri chicken you can eat half now yeah. and it eats great cold totally. or it eats great if you eat it so how yeah. do you know like when it comes to how much food you think you're gonna sell depending right. on Million where you go there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean well you you look at well here's a good here's a thing for us and this is I've said this before. And uh, running a really busy, like a, a restaurant that's balls to the wall from eight, you know, nine to close, is actually kind of the easiest to run. True. Because you know exactly what you're going to do every day. You can only do so much business um, on a given day of the week based on your staff. So you can only sell so much food. So, like, there was a time when I was at Imperial, it was really easy. I would just, every day, I would order like max out. Just max out. Because I can, fi- line, I could, yeah, I can max out, I can fit this much by cooler. And it's kind of the same. Uh, with a food truck in the sense when you're doing big events. The difficult ones are like when it's, we're doing our little, we have our little humble spot we call the landing pad, which is on our website, uh, satellitehospitality.com. But, you know, it, those are the tough days. We're like, well, are we going to do, are we going to do like a really slow day or are we going to get caught off guard and get hit? And I guess the good thing is we can always, since we're a food truck, that's another thing talking about advantages. If you had leftover food that you wanted to sell, you can open up. Yeah, the next day you got a, you got a bonus a, day. You got it. You got a bonus day. You yeah. know to sell to, to sell your food, but it's it's not easy, and it's not. I'll say with the supply chain right now that it is. Yeah, it's crazy. It, it makes it difficult at times. But again, being a food truck and 
we're all the owners of our business. If if we can't get the French fries we want, we just change to a yeah, different French fry, it. and and we are polite to our customers. I know you want a waffle fries, we're doing sweet potato fries. You know, I'm sorry, that's, that's what it is. <laughs> Celebrate 75 years of public radio in Detroit with WDET. As our spring fundraiser commences, let's unite to support what makes Detroit unique. 75 years of people-powered radio. Invest in WDET's next chapter at WDET.org or tap Donate in the mobile app. You and I have talked a lot more about the food supply, the food chain, yeah. and, and, and getting food, and it doesn't sound like it's getting any it's, better. Honestly, it's gotten it's gotten worse, and it's interesting because for a while there, during the initial shutdown of 2020, it was really like, it was, if the first thing was oversupply. You know, if you remember pictures of the Idaho potato farmers, like just like oh, yeah, stacking they had, yeah, them yeah, up yeah. and they're rotting. Right, right. Yeah. Now it's getting to a point where it's, um, you know, China's shutting down a lot, so there's a lot of overseas, like, you know, shrimp or things like that, you know, like even like charcoal you can't get right now. There's a lot of things that come over on barges that are shut down because ports are shut down and then we don't have enough labor to even unload. So, I mean, I know if you're trying to order a couch right now, there's problems. Right. Like there's a lot of issues like that. And unfortunately, the international shipping business affects food significantly, yeah. especially if you think about things like, you know, frozen items or, right. you know, overseas seafood. You know, it's maybe it's, the, that weird avocado lime shortage that was going but on. You know, like, but it's not you know, like, you know, it's funny too. I mean, honestly, the, the lime shortage, it was like, honestly, it was like cartel. It was like, yeah, you know, and, yeah, <laughs> yeah. which is yeah. crazy. And that's unfortunate. Yeah. But no, but the cartel, it's like, funny. It's, they were basically hijacked. Yeah. There was like a lime shortage, I think, for like some agricultural reasoning. And then the limes shot up in price. So then the lime trucks basically started, started getting like, Robbed. They were jacking over. the lime trucks and then selling them back to the farmers at four times the cost. You know, it's like that is a weird issue. <laughs> it was a very bizarre. And then, or Subway did the avocado. They did like a guacamole month one one month. Yeah, and then it and the price. Yeah. And I'm like, what is the deal with the price of Subway avocados? Bought all the avocados. Like, yeah, Subway's doing an avocado special. I'm like, which is silly, but that that's <laughs> it's. But that's you just you know these are conversations. I know you wouldn't have had, you would not. I, I would imagine as chefs, you would have never thought you would ever. You wouldn't have. think that you're not going like to get your Velveeta. Yeah, like, like this that's lime a, thing. Yeah, we're in true. America, and like when Velveeta doesn't show up, you're, oh, like, you're like, is this real? Fake American, like this is fake, and you, yeah. I, I'm not getting it. Like, yeah, I, it's just those type of things are. It is. It's bizarre the things that they're running out of, you know. And I think that it's just, it's just, it's only going to continue. It's going to continue for, this is probably, I think this is for years yeah. because the food system has been broken for so long, but there's always been like, you know, um, somebody being abused to keep it connected. And like, we're just, we've all of our, all of our broken systems have been so exposed that some yep. of them have completely collapsed. I think there's a silver lining to it though. And that it's going to local, food. we're going to see local food totally. and local farmers and you know, in a state like Michigan's got a, it's got a pork industry, but like you're going to see some of these local industries and local smaller operations start to do better. I think when, when creative chefs start yeah. going around like, okay, I don't want to use this mainliner anymore because it's not reliable. Is there some, can I piece together a couple local companies that can do the same thing? And I think yeah. that's, you're going to see that happening. And, that quite a bit. and that's a great point. I, I think that hopefully it's holistic because you want to have the public also buy a chicken and not seek a chicken breast or like mm -hmm. eat more vegan food, especially in the summertime, right. you know, or at least like fill their, you know, tables with things that are in season, yep. you know, maybe go home and pickle some vegetables with the kids because you went to the farmer's We've market. We've used tomatoes so out of, uh, you know, out of Finney's garden. Yeah. Cause they're, cause they're great. And it's, and we got enough and we I'll can, we can I mean, do it. I mean, it's, 
that's the best. Homegrown uh, tomatoes. Uh, are the best in fact, in the a good a good example of there are a lot of food trucks operate off of they either drive to Restaurant Depot because you, you you save a bunch of money. So you drive out there. You that's where you you lack you you save a little bit of money driving out there. To me, your time is worth money. So I don't I don't like doing that route. Um, or you you pick a mainliner. And you get everything from that mainliner because like again, you or get Cisco yep, or US you, Foods. They give you a lot of, they give you kickbacks. So they do things and they give it, they make it easy as a one-stop shop. Except well, you remember that Cisco shut down. That's what I was just going to say. You when know, your yeah. one-stop shop fails, like Cisco, and you did. don't have, you don't have another plan or a thing that you're used to doing. You're, that's another thing that can toast. really throw a bunch you're of toast. trucks in a spiral. We we are fortunate again that we have a lot of experience, so we run it. You know, we use Chris Bellies for bread. We pay more for our bread, but we get a better product. And we can drive and pick it up. It's down the street. And they can come help us up on the back end, you know? And things happen. The power went out there a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. That was a real bummer. But, like, you know, then we go out and we shop. And yeah. those, I think having, again, having those relationships with local vendors, which I've been, I've figured out over 10 years, you know, as a chef. And it's been great because if, all right, your power is out, I'll call my my next, you know, rep who's a friend. And I think that we learned that you can run a, a food truck that way. And I think a lot, cool. of these, a lot of these restaurants and food trucks, I mean, they need to stop having laminated permanent menus. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But it was, it got to a point where it's like, all right, if this hits a weird thing, like a point where we were quite literally, you know, vegans are really coming up to the truck. Maybe we do a fried tofu thing. Well, we, you know, and we completely switch from doing four meat options. Maybe we'll switch and lead into our vegans and yeah. we'll do, we'll do some vegan fries. Well, isn't it? A, I mean, I think that this is an interesting, what a time to be alive where there's entire concepts for, for businesses with thousands of locations based off of animal parts, you know, like <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings. Like they just, they, their whole concept is yeah. just animal wings. It's just that, yeah. that to me is just, it's just a wild time to be alive. I mean, I, I the older I get, the more I like lean vegan. Like I, I'm, I'm like, well, it's my has, future is absolutely vegan. I, Amanda and I were having this conversation over dinner the other day. I mean, I think it's only a matter of time uh, before I eat vegetarian and then for the health, I mean, as I get older, too, I mean, I just turned 38. I mean, health, the health benefits. But I have two dogs. I don't know that Amanda and I are, are going to have kids. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. But, like, we're pretty passionate about animals. And the older I get, yeah, the more and more. I mean, I stopped eating, not completely, but I don't eat as much pork these days. Um, I get a little bit more and more conscious of it. Well, if you and, spend time with animals, you visit farms. I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're available for – if you make yourself available and watch – Animal slaughtering, or you, or you visit. That's, that's what changed you my. Know, it's it really. I mean, if if we had to kill the animals we consumed, I think you'd have a lot less frivolous. You do it dining. one time uh, when Mark Baker was doing the uh, the great. Uh, I can't think of the the heritage pigs that were up in right outside of Traverse. Pig stock, and he yeah. we did a Mangalista pig from front to back. Um, when you see an animal running around with its animals enjoying itself, and then. It's killed. And there was a. It's done with the utmost respect. It was an incredible process, but it, it'll forever change the way you view eating it. And so mm-hmm. I, I just think, um, I think what's important is that as long as people continue to like grow. I mean, it sounds again kind of corny or uh, utopian, but grow as human beings and maybe at least be willing to step outside and think differently. You yeah. know, if I could eat a chicken wing that was everything that a chicken wing is, but it was. You know, a, I don't know, a powder or a whatever it's going to yeah, be. La- I would do it. I mean, yeah. I would, I would, I don't have the ego. I'm like, well, this isn't the real thing. It's like, well, no, but it's, it's close and it's, you know, I could feel better about that. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think, I think I said years ago, I think that vegan restaurants are going to really be one of the things we start to see pop up a lot. The movement is gaining 
Yeah, I mean, you know, we do Vegan Month, obviously. The yeah, restaurant. we just had and that. It just, it just wrapped up. I mean, but I mean, we were completely booked every single day, you know, so it was-, it was Damon was at it, and he said it was outstanding. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We, you know, this is our, I don't even, I don't even know how many, how many years yeah. we've done it. Yeah, you just came last week. It was week. great. But to me, that I, I, I get a thrill out of it, and I feel like eventually I'm going to just like- I'm just gonna tell the staff like Vegan Month is never gonna end. You well, I, yeah. <laughs> like, I think I, I think you made a post recently that I that you were talking about cooking vegan food and and starting at Imperial I was really we had a seitan taco um, and we we would do alternating vegetarian or vegan specials. So I've always felt that's important that those people have a voice because a lot of restaurants, especially when we came up, someone would come in to be a vegan or vegetarian and they would get a pasta with a bunch of mixed, mixed vegetables. Yeah, that was like the the routine, and it's just like. It was lame, especially when you worked at a nice restaurant. You're like, right. wow, we don't even take one more step like for those people. And I don't know. I just think it's going to be the the next thing. I think it's a challenge to cook vegan, yeah. like a fun challenge. But you had said in your post it was about having, you know, to, you need a bunch of different textures and, and different, maybe it's chili paste or maybe it's harissas or it's, yeah. and man, when you, when you combine all those different textures and spicy and maybe it's sweet or whatever it is, you you are going to experience things that you can't necessarily expe- experience in a meat dish because a meat dish is going to hit you over the head with unctuousness or fattiness, yeah. fattiness, and sometimes you just really want as clean as possible. Yeah, and you can still do you can still do heavy vegan food too. I mean, we do a Philly cheesesteak. Yeah, and it, you, you'll be hard pressed so, to know the difference. I mean, so really, what do you what do you make it with? How do you make it? We use so we make our own seitan, mm-hmm. which is vital wheat gluten, uh, cashew uh, flour, and then nutritional yeast for kind of that umami like protein that you're looking for. And then we use a number of spices and uh, we cook it in uh, like a, like a vegan beef, beef broth too for the, for our seitan one. And then for our sham, we call it sham. Uh, it's our seitan ham. We, same process, we boil it with a number of different ingredients in the, the, the beef one, obviously the imitation beef one. But then we roast that one. Like you would roast a ham, we score it and glaze it. And then we smoke it for two hours. So it's, wow. we put... I mean, the, the Infinity, Infinity takes care of those. And I mean, those those two processes alone take a lot of time. And you can yeah. put just as much attention into vegan food that you can for charcuterie. I mean, like, honestly, it takes us just as long to do that as it does for me to make a torchon. Yeah. It's like a, just as long of a process. And it's, you know, it's obviously um, infinitely better for you and the environment. Yeah. And it, well, it, they eat, I mean, not the... Not the Philly cheesesteak, but on a, on a hot day, on a hot day, the bon mi, the vegan bon mi is an awesome sandwich. I, I just, yeah, I just and you can, it, you can walk and eat it and yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's so. kind of cool. Like, and so if you ever get a bon mi and not all bon mi is kind of they're different, you know, different places you go, but it typically has a schmear of like chicken liver mousse and you know, just, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Like, Brennan basically puts a schmear of bean puree, which as you eat it is surprisingly it's almost it's, like whoa! It's this similar, is like, yeah, yeah. Like, this we is, we street, you know, you hit it with a little bit more olive oil and you yeah. puree it, so you kind of up the fattiness. And there's enough. I mean, beans are all protein. Yeah. So it, I don't know. It I love beans. It. I swear. Me too. It's, it's like I like. I use Sheridan Acre beans out of Bad Axe and our, our farmer Kevin. I mean, like he, they're the most beautiful. Like, the beans are dried are the most beautiful things I've ever seen. They're like they're like little pearls or marbles or something. Yep. And then, you know, their beans, once you boil them, they kind of like don't. Yeah, they just like look opaque. They always look opaque at the end. <laughs> I'm always sad. I'm like, oh, yeah. man. Like, they're just like gray at the end. You the know, cattle, beans. cattle beans are those ones that are like purple with the white spots. I think. Yeah, I mean, dude, he's got the calypsos. He's got, I mean, yeah. just there's so many of his beautiful dapple grays. I mean, oh my God, his beans are gorgeous. And then, yeah, they always just look <laughs> gray or brown. Yep. Yeah. I want to just eat them raw. It sounds like vegan cooking really pushes you to be more creative and to be really thoughtful. I mean, let's face it, it's easy to take a piece of meat and do a couple things to it and, yeah. you know, yeah. 
Totally. But, but to really like think about how am I going to make this interesting? How am I going to make this? I mean, because the thing when you do vegan month and I go, I never sit there going, boy, I wish I had a chicken leg with this. You know, it, yeah. you don't miss it. You yeah. don't, you're not even, your brain doesn't say, I don't, I want that animal protein. And that's a testament to how the food is prepared because it's exciting, because it's flavorful. And I think that if people thought more about that part of it, I think mm -hmm. it's got to be intimidating. It is a lot more work. I mean, it's just vegetables are more work. You know, it's, it's funny though. And yet you are right. It's it's like more, it's, I feel like it's, it definitely takes more thought because we're, you know, I was raised as an omnivore. But once you're tapped in, I feel like it's actually easier. Hmm. My favorite part about Vegan Month is there's like no contamination. Right. There's no risk of this. Oh, that's chicken. a great, I never thought yeah. about that. So like your my cooler just becomes this like no stress you know, like, oh, it's just, you just Everything the, yeah, you lives together. The, yeah. And I think I also love, I mean, that I can just dump money on, on like I local was, products. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, like I call a farmer, like, you know, we've been using cherry capital. I'm like, I need 200 pounds of heirloom tomatoes this week. I need 150 pounds of cauliflower. Yep. I, mean, I need, I need six cases of cucumber. You're just like crushing product yep. and you're spending, you're just throwing money at like the local agricultural mm -hmm. economy. You know, you came in and got eight courses. And I mean, I think you, I want to, I want you to leave full, but I think half hour later, you're like, you feel good. Oh, there's no doubt. You don't have that heavy feeling. Yeah. You're like, you're, you're, you're satisfied, but you don't feel like, oh boy, I overdid it. This yeah. feels terrible. Totally. Um, it's, it's just interesting to me. And I think that people might get intimidated by it or think they're going to miss something if they don't, you know, if they go vegan, um, especially people that love cheese or eggs yeah. or what have you, that that's another yeah. step, you know, that's it's another it's, step. It's certainly get. scary to but think, think about but it. I think people that love, like, but those things just, and you're not wrong in at all, but when you say like, oh, I love like cheese, you love a salty, rich, you know, nappe texture that's on great, your tongue. That's yeah. a great so way. So like, I, who doesn't? Yeah. So you like rich and creamy. That's okay. Peanut butter is rich and creamy. You know, like there's a lot of yep. things that like. Hummus is rich and creamy. Yeah, like you're not, like, it's like, I don't. I don't think it's cheese. I actually, think, I feel like dairy is one, one of the easier things to give up because there's so many things like coconut milk is like, you know, so rich and unctuous. Giving up yeah. cheese would be being from Wisconsin. <laughs> giving up cheese would be, and that's like not just a cliche. Here we go. But <laughs> I was gonna. One, I wanted to riff real quick on the vegan thing because one thing that I think is really neat about cooking vegan is it's such a new. I mean, there's a vegan culinary tradition that goes on for millennia and. You know, obviously India and China and people that have had civilizations for way longer. But in in the United States, we you know one of our only food movements is like barbecue. You know, and so like veganism in the United States, that I'm saying, you you have to you have it forces you to read. It forces you to step out your outside your comfort zone and go to an ethnic restaurant. Um, you're going to become a better human being totally. eating vegan because you're going to step out of your comfort zone. You're gonna try new. I mean, if you're if you decide you're gonna be vegan and only eat, I don't know, bread yeah. and tomato sauce yeah, and mo like yeah, American mo mozzarella. I mean, you're you're not gonna be a vegan. You just won't. You'll fall back into eating meat. Right. And if if you do, that's fine. I'm not saying. I mean, I'm I'm not a vegan. I mean, I'm, I'm here talking about. It, but I think veganism is really cool, and I do think it's like a a, a big part of what's gonna be part of our, our futures. You can definitely rely on satellite and Mabel Gray to continue to push <laughs> yeah. vegan food vegan on vegan our food. menus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> certainly. But so, 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 we also have a great burger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Our thanks to Brennan Kalnan for joining us, to you for listening, and... We would like to thank LaMarca Prosecco for their support. From the hills of Veneto, Italy, you can never go wrong with Prosecco, whether it's in a spritz or drinking straight. Joan Isabella is our executive producer with producer David Lyons. Editing, mixing, and mastering by Sam Bobian. Original music by the Mallet Brothers. This is a production of WDET, Detroit's NPR station.